Telemetry recovered. You're listening to Let's Drone Out from PoweringOn.co.uk. This episode sponsored by Radio C for all your drone-related needs. Home of the Drone Labs batteries. Good evening and welcome to Let's Drone Out. Uh, I am Andrew and with me here this evening we have Jay. Ah, uh, hello. We have Adam. Hello. We have Ed. Good evening. And we have Yuli. Hello. There we go. So, uh, I will start off this evening by saying that Jack has had to step out because uh, this evening he has too much stuff in between him and any way of communicating with us. So he's currently sorting his piles of stuff away so that he can actually communicate with us. So maybe he'll get bored of that and find a way. But in the meantime, you have us to talk to on let's drone out we are don't worry yeah exactly we are uh live on poweringon.co.uk so you can join in the chat on there you can also have a look at our canvas which is currently showing a very nice let's drone out animation that's going between our two little logos yeah production value (laughs) but yeah so um it uh last weekend was quite a big weekend there was western park which yuli was at and there was summoners ponds uh in that uh me and tony are at although tony isn't around so i don't know what he's doing but uh yeah uh i know a few of you jay adam ed you wanted to come to summoners ponds but couldn't so i will fill you in on it a bit um so for people yeah, I was, who um, yeah, I was especially pissed off about it because I managed to uh, break my arm, or with the help of a motorist last week, and uh, <laughs> not being able to do anything much. What what did you do, or what happened to you to get your arm broken? Uh, I was cycling along, and a vehicle turned left across me without checking to see whether I was there or not. <laughs> and you were. Are you sure <laughs> they weren't aiming for you? Um, or, or it was it was the least effectual assassin in a black box <laughs> that I've ever. To me, it happened the same. Uh. I always broke my arm. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think to come off in a fight with a car with only a broken arm—that's it's not too bad. <laughs> That's how I'm choosing to look at it. Yeah, mm. I, you know, worst things could have happened. Yeah, definitely. Stay positive. But it is, you know, I use both my hands when flying. Yeah, so couldn't really do much if you had come to Summer's Ponds. You could sit around and watch us, I guess. Yeah, I couldn't drive there either, so... Ah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. There's that guy on that Rotoriot film a month or so back who flew with one hand. Yeah, Yeah, that is true. true. time, Time to up your game. Yeah, I mean, you haven't flown at all, even with the cast, and I'm sure you could if you... You should go one better and fly with your foot. That's Try your nose. To be honest, you know, I think I could fly. Nose. I think I could fly one-handed because you'd just so you'd, you'd move your other hand. You'd move the controller so it was comfortable. You know, rest against my belly. But it's more driving. I'd feel nervous about gears. Hey, if not, you can do some autonomous flying with your app on one of your drones. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, otherwise, then it's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Mission planning. <laughs> <laughs> So is it cheating? Yeah, yeah, you're right, it's cheating. 
it serves a purpose sometimes. There are uses to that sort of stuff, but it's not flying, is it? Well, it is flying. Well, it's flying, but you're not flying it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it, it stops being a skill and starts becoming a, I don't know, like a skill more in the GCSE sense of it. But I've it's... heard on the great and that your 250 is still in pieces, Adam. Are you getting it? Is. Yeah. Was it cycling with you at the time? No, no, it hasn't been <laughs> no, built. It's been <laughs> Uh, one day. Yeah, there were there were a couple of inspires at Summoners Ponds at least. There was a uh, one Gareth. that Gareth brought, yeah, uh, and there was also one over in the radio controlled car section when they had massive one fifth scale uh, Baja buggies zooming up ramps and going a good. 30 foot in the air or something that would have been awesome awesome. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. but they were also coming and buzzing in the radio control car section i was thinking had they become confused as to what it was (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so summer's ponds has is is a big model show like lots of radio controlled models um in this glamping site there's very kind of very nice high quality grass around some fishing ponds could i have had um one of those middle-class teepee things that they have and i'm uh, pretty sure you could have done it was definitely you know it's very nice a yurt, a yurt that's it isn't yeah. it that's the... if you're gonna go camping go somewhere where they have rainforest noises playing in the toilet uh, in the shower block it's <laughs> you know you always it, get a sort of running water thing in the shower block anyway <laughs> but this is proper full-on toucans and everything is wow that is surprisingly classy yeah. Is there uh, much weather problems to stop flying, or was it pretty much... Uh, to begin flying? with, uh, when we were first going there, there was a lot of rain on all the roads. Uh, it was just really, really wet. But when we got there, they were kind enough to be dumping some pea shingle and some uh, sawdust and all sorts of stuff in the various muddy craters that had formed on the drive from the the road to the campsite so that we could actually get there nice and smoothly and it was all Classic very music well festival tactics yeah it was it's the uh, same sort just they use when people vomit too much at school you know i do think that some responds with the uh about 80 year old uh rc boats uh, you know it's definitely the next glastonbury um <laughs> the rc glastonbury <laughs> yeah definitely it's but yeah they've got all sorts of things there so they've got the the big ponds full of uh well full of fish but also full of boats and they have their big demos of explosive reenactments with ships falling in half and then being fished out and put back together again they've got their their rc cars um as i said doing massive jumps off ramps and doing racing constantly um it's just absolutely they had two circuits and it was just both of them going doing something all the time it was very very loud if you went anywhere near there um and there was us obviously also making noise um so we had the bfp vra hoops and the the air gates and things and flags and stuff and we were all going around there um and we also had so there was also a yacht pond uh which carlos managed to land a uh, an action man in uh, which is impressive because it was the other side of the forest from us so uh yeah that was good 
Can, can, we take, can we take a brief moment just to give Carlos a round of applause for his costume at Sumner's Pond? I'm not yeah. wasn't there, but the oh, photos on Facebook came through. Costume. Yeah, I will put it up on the canvas for anyone That's who is awesome. listening. Absolutely amazing. He So for people not able to see the canvas, because they're either in podcast land or just listening to us somehow else, maybe on TuneIn, which we're now on as well. Yeah. Um, on the canvas... We have the image of Carlos in his proper, proper, full regalia flight suit. So yeah, think, think Maverick, think Top Gun. Yeah. Uh, gas Definitely. Or well, not gas. The air mask and everything. Yeah. I, I his, think that little parachute dude was his his goose, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's got his oxygen mask. He's got his massive barometer, like altitude altimeter. Yeah, can't speak. He's altimeter. Got he's got he's everything. Just, yeah. <laughs> It does look like oh, yeah, he's crash landed, yeah. yeah, somewhere nearby and just wandered in. But yeah, he was uh, flying some really amazing stuff. He was definitely the centre point of of the entertainment because he had his his action man, which he had grafted uh, an FPV camera into its face, so you saw the first person view of the action man. He had an enormous uh, parafoil parachute for the action man and some servos for his arms uh you can possibly see where this is going you can then have the so he had the the action man strapped to the bottom of his 250 quad i think it was maybe a bit larger than that and just has his fpv on his quad fpv on his uh on his action man flying it up way up high took a few attempts to get the the packing of the parachute right uh before you know the action man actually had a parachute and not just a streamer uh but eventually it did finally have this glorious canopy above it and uh drifted over far over a forest and we were all like oh no not into the forest and then it managed to clear the forest and was going onto this nice big patch of grass and then just managed to land in the pond. Uh, but it's all right. He did survive. He dried out and he's still working as far as I know. So I'm sure what that will it, make some appearances surface? somewhere else. Yeah. So there must be some YouTube videos of all these things. I'm going to have to check them out. Cause it's all yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got these things there. You know, yeah. So yeah. The other thing that, that Carlos was showing off after the public had left... Um, was his uh, uh, <laughs> close his uh, Runcam Owl 2 camera I think it was an Owl 2, Owl Plus something like that, Owl camera and uh, yeah, so to, to line up the story Greer had heard that Carlos had one with him and so was pushing Carlos to show it off the camera was not attached to anything you know, it's just in its nicely in its box, ready to be installed on something. Uh, and Greer was like, "No, no, no! Put it on something. Try it out. Try it out." So uh, eventually, they were last minute in the dark, soldering stuff, hot gluing stuff, trying to get it onto his bonsai, um, the the small little FPV wing, which is impossible to glue anything to because of whatever material they've made that from. They managed to get that glued on launched it just at, at dusk there was barely any light 
and uh, we're all looking through the screens. Well, the few of us that were standing there looking through the screens and seeing the amazing detail and colors and everything on this very low light camera, because it is extremely low light. You could see detail in everything. Um, he was flying around the knife edge between some trees, going and buzzing some tents. And so everyone in those, all the tents was all going, how is anyone flying in that? turning on their goggles and screens and having a look through and then thinking because it's all in black and white when it gets really dark it looks just like a, a thermal imaging camera a FLIR camera or something like that so everyone's running over to find who's flying this thing and who's got this amazing military equipment because uh, you know Carlos in that gear as well does give that impression look the part, yeah yeah uh, and then, yeah, so we, we started off with a few people standing around watching and ended up with a massive crowd of people coming out of all the tents, emerging and standing around, and he landed it dead in front of us. So definitely uh, props to Carlos for for his amazing flying that weekend. Yeah, you were building that up as if it was going to be a crash story, but it was a happy landing and impressed crowd story. Yeah, it's occasionally that happens, and it's, it's nice when it happens, and, and we should celebrate those times. And the celebrity um, characters. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely yeah. the celebrity of the weekend. He also managed to bring a radar gun. So people were doing using the, the long straight of the course to do um, speed, speed trials. Speed. Okay. And the maximum anyone got up to, and it was quite a small distance to actually run up to anything, uh, was Dave Bailey with his... Mixuko and managed to get 77 miles an hour which well, that's is not nothing is it no that's that's a fair old speed so yeah that was what everyone was trying to beat him on he, he ended up beating himself it was it was 74 to begin with and he got 77 by the end of the weekend so i don't think anyone got up to his first record i think so he's keeping himself well ahead um oh that sounds like it was a lot of fun yeah it was a good weekend i noticed uh, thomas greer in your story there has uh, lost his first name i don't know how (laughs) we just call him greer now yeah well it's it's the uh it's kind of onomatopoeic or something it just suits him yeah i know what you mean Um, but yeah so because we were all or those of us from the podcast and a few other people that we know who aren't serious racers, we're, we're a bit more casual than that. So we, we went at Western Park. But Yuli, you were at Western Park, I yeah. believe. Uh, how was that? Did you, did you get on all right? Was it all nice and... You know? Yeah, it was a great event. And uh, honestly, I haven't thought that it was that big. Because yeah, I've never heard about it. Because yeah, I've not. I had no idea. And yeah, there were planes, there were cars, there were even boats. Um, and then the great FPV line, which got yeah quite big, and many spectators. And we had lots of fun. And at least we had nice weather, or at least no rain. So it was sunny and cloudy at the same time. Um, yeah. And it was great to meet all those people because normally I race in Germany and know the Germans. <laughs> and now I know um, a lot of English 
people and it was yeah very nice atmosphere there just like festival and yeah. I enjoyed it very much yeah how did you get on with the racing uni well I was not very lucky with uh, at the weekend um uh, well it was, was very very perf perfectly organized everything that's um, great the course I saw um I caught Gary Kent's lap uh, yeah. which he posted on Facebook and the, the course looked incredible and uh, there was really, really interesting turns and yeah, uh, sort of yeah. thing I'd really like to give a go myself and what from a first person's point of view what was it like going around that? Yeah, it was crazy there was uh, there was one turn I hated it <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was like my pain gate in every lap we had a we had a yeah, a little gate, and then we had to go up to the high gate. Yeah. Do a turn to the right, and then there was another gate, and it was very hard because there were trees everywhere. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you had yeah the choice: trees, ground, or gate. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what was the most popular choice of the day, Yuli? <laughs> uh, normally, I got through the gate. Yes. But yeah, in the last training heat in the evening, um, yeah, it was. Uh, I got a bit. Uh, I got a bit nervous because um, I had fog in my goggles because uh. <laughs> I yeah I forgot to to put my fan on, and I couldn't hardly see, and then I crashed into the. To the high gate, crashed into the ground, and then I had a broken arm on my on my quad. Yeah, uh. uh, and I had no spare, so yep, we had to fix it with super glue in the car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> but I was very lucky because I had such a great technical support from my team. Uh, Richard Whelan cool. was there and uh, fixed my quad with super glue, and everybody was yeah thinking about the best solution for me. Um, yep, and then we we fixed it with super glue. So yeah, I raced with a super glued arm on Saturday. <laughs> so did you have to strengthen the super glue joint with another piece over the top? Like, what was the bit that you had? What was the decision in the end that fixed it? Because that's probably a useful thing to know. What well, it was not. It was not totally broken. So we so we could put the super glue into the fibers and then. So it was just yeah. the fibers put back together, knitted together with super glue. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but it flew all right? Yeah, it was all right, yeah. That's good. Well, on Sunday when the last crash, it was totally done, but yeah. <laughs> Time for a new So on crazy. Saturday, I flew, flew like, yeah, a bit carefully to not yeah. break it. And it was, yeah. So, what, so the pain gate was even worse. <laughs> so yeah. What frame do you fly? Uh, I have uh, Evil Beast from Art Fantasy, it's the German company. Oh. And they customize it with uh, pink foil. <laughs> 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 so that everybody knows, oh, that's the, that's Julie's quad, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's great. I've seen it, also on Facebook that there was a lot of night flying as well. It looked like a really good night flying course that you had. Yeah, it was Park. actually yeah, it was really, really nice. Well, I was fixing my quad at that time. Oh no! <laughs> so I couldn't fly there. I had ah. to fix it, and um, yeah. But we had a big screen to to look at, also for the spectators, so I could see how insane and cool the night flying was. 
<laughs> yeah. Did you get to... Was it just Friday night that the night flying was on then? Or did you get it No, it was on Saturday. But oh. I... Yeah. I didn't want you to break my quad. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. true. And when night flying, it's... Yeah. It's a bit more dangerous to... to <laughs> break it. Because my pain gate was quite dark. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was afraid to crash into it again. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned your your team there. Um, is that X Blades? Is that X Blades with you there? Yeah, when I was at Western Park, I was with X Blades there. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. uh, that's that's mainly what first brought you up on my radar was hearing about you at. Um, Going to the X Blades or going with X Blades to the to the Wembley event when you're flying around Wembley with, I think yeah. Qualcomm was doing an event there. Lots of yeah, FPV racing around the arena. Yeah, um, that was my my first event with the X Blades. Ah, there you go. Then. Yeah, <laughs> so I was asked to to join them. Just I don't know the date. It was like two weeks before Dubai. Or something. Um, yes, and then in April, there was the Wembley event, and I went there with the X Blades. It was awesome. I met all the team, all my team members, and yeah, they welcomed me very nicely. How did they? How did they uh, deal with a girl? Because <laughs> I think people looking at all FPV, look at it and see it's just a sea of blokes. And the um, uh, misconception can be a, a, a group of nerds and a group of geeks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, either, either you're with us or, uh, or, or is it cool? You know, the whole whole experience for you. I mean, it must be very male heavy from your point of view. Well, I I don't find it nerdy. I don't know. I think it's cool because people are in the community, are talking to each other, are outside, are flying. Yeah. Have you, have so, you managed to yeah. draft any, any more girls into the sport? Because I know Jack has certainly put a call out for girls to come and join in just to just to calm the testosterone down. <laughs> <laughs> not not just because he'd like to meet them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think personally, the the interest is that with you know FPV is always likened to video games, and video games. Um, you know, have been very male-dominated for many years, but they, the video games industry has been working very hard and is now at the point where it's pretty much 50-50 in terms of consumers of video games as a whole. You know, maybe yeah. some genres are more male-dominated than others, but as a whole, the video games industry, the consumers are pretty much 50-50 male-female, but in FPV flying... At I think the moment, though, is going to be a bit of a different case because the reason that games has levelled out has got much more to do with the fact that games changed from being lots of teenage boys sitting at home shooting each other on you know Xboxes to widening to include all of the games that you can get for your phone and those games are much less aggressively you know weird teenage boys. But there was a the difference. I think also comes from the building of it, and that's why you probably have more men predominantly in the start. But it's still a fun thing, and it's easier now to get a hold of these things and fly them. 
and yeah. more accessible. So yeah, I think you'll see a shift slowly but surely. So you know, into the FPV flying particularly. As long as everyone has the right attitude. Yeah, that's true. I'm I'm very happy to be to be with all the guys. I don't know. Okay. I'm very used to it because I always had more male friends than female friends. Um, I always love to play Mario Kart on Nintendo. Or, Classic. Um, yeah, I always loved love computer games too. Um, yeah. Well, my maybe maybe um, yeah. And the guys can't restrain it holding the door open for me or trying to be good mannered when they're with them. Um, but when it comes to racing, they don't show consideration for me being a, a, a girl. So um, once the goggles are on, there's little difference in the genders, I think. That's a very fair point. Because men and women have both the same physical conditions for the sport. Um, so I'm totally against doing a female and a male league or something like that. Yeah, they should all true. fly together and against each yeah. other because yeah. there's no difference. Yeah, yeah. And I don't like this, like, okay, when when it's like football, I can understand that they can't play together because, yeah, females are maybe a bit slower in running than men. But, um, yeah, in our hobby, there's no difference between the genders. So, and, yeah. and physical general uh, fitness, even you know, it, it's yeah. one of those unique sports. Is, yeah, it's, that, yeah, in our sport, it, it, it's it's more a brain sport. Yeah, and and hand-eye coordination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which of course does beg the question: Why women don't race against men in Formula One? But let's not uh, get there's, No, yeah. there's a huge physical, huge, yeah. huge physical fitness requirement in Formula One. It's it's mental. Um, uh, and rallying and all that, yeah. Well, rallying not so much, but uh, if you've ever looked into the fitness regimes, it's not that one uh, couldn't do it. Um, I just think it's only been, I would say, the last 20 years that you've seen um, women's uh, peak fitness levels in sports like UFC, uh, various you know combat sports and what have you. You're seeing girls actually pushing the absolute boundaries and. I wouldn't want to get in the ring with them. And it's only now that the, the mentality is starting to switch. Um, and I think we're probably another 10 years away before Formula One is, you know, every other seat is equal in gender. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, shame. It's the, it's the same with professionals. There are few female engineers or something because, yeah, they just started a few years ago to get into that. So... Um, and as FPV flying is quite unknown in or FPV racing in public, so yeah, there are few men also. If you see how many people live in Europe and how many people do FPV racing, then yeah. So how <laughs> quite, did you get started? Then it's quite unknown. So yeah, many females may not know about it. How did yeah. you get started, and how long have you been flying? Um, I started in October last year, so um, it all started with my brother <laughs> because yeah. he started flying um, a Phantom just for fun and he was very proud of um, his little drone <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, showed me how to fly and well, he, he got up 
took a photo and then yeah that was it <laughs> and i was a bit bored about it i think they are great for for filming and things yeah not full of flying experience um but he was pretty well informed about drones and then he told me about racing and fpv and my boyfriend was also with us um so we spent like two days watching fpv videos people racing people doing freestyle like metal denny and schizo on steel um yeah and then my boyfriend and i started um to build a quad so we ordered a building kit and um, built it via youtube <laughs> um yeah and yeah we, we didn't know actually how to fly and how, what's possible with it so on facebook we contacted a local team a team club Copter, and they were very friendly and open-minded and they just invited us to their place and uh, they, are, they showed us uh, how to race and what's possible with the quad and yeah my interest was arisen for it and so, I think um, you touched on it earlier with the community, and the community is quite a... Not only is it um, that people can compete at levels and fly these things regardless of their physical ability, but also the community is very fostering to newcomers. So, yeah. Um, so this club then, that's where you started racing? Uh, yeah, that's where my interest for racing was risen. Um, well, I... I first had to start to learn how to fly <laughs> <laughs> well it took some weeks um but yeah then we we started to to set up courses and gates and we built flags so we had self-made flags and self-made gates just to practice um yeah and so we so we raced with friends on weekends that was it and now you're flying internationally Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well normally um i wanted to be on my first race it was a german race in and no it was in in may that was planned to be my first race so the first time to to fly with spectators and other guys but then the X-Blades came and I had to go to Wembley first. <laughs> so Wembley was my first event and the first time I flew with um, people I didn't know. And wow. at a place I didn't know. That's a baptism of fire, definitely. Yeah. I think you all can imagine how nervous I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was quite hard, yeah. But I managed it without crashing, uh, without destroying the Wembley Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all very grateful. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, so I'm, I'm trying to resist any of the obvious jokes about Germans and Wembley. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I posted <laughs> I, I a, a, a photo on, on Facebook and um, some guy commented, that's the only time we like a German at Wembley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad that you welcomed me there. Well, we're very glad that you came into the the community at that time, so that you could be there, because that was uh, definitely how, yeah, as I said before, how you got onto our radars. 
Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Yuli FPV is on on YouTube. I think your yeah, yeah your YouTube channel is Yuli FPV. Yeah. Um, you got Facebook. And for page all the guys who don't know how it's spelled, it's like Juli FPV. <laughs> yeah. So J U L I um, FPV, and same on the Facebook. Um, but we have shared your page, I think, on our Facebook. So if anyone's found our Facebook, then they can also find yours. And if they find yours, they can hopefully find your YouTube as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, great. Yeah. Um, I was just going to actually backtrack a bit because i missed an opportunity to introduce a bit of news that we've got um when we were talking about video games and that is that in Watch Dogs 2 which is you know Watch Dogs 1 was quite a big video game in Watch Dogs 2 there are going to be drones so if anyone doesn't know it's a kind of uh dystopian future. police state future technology hacking type video game type video game I don't know yeah, any others, it, was a big, it was a big uh, AAA title on Playstation possibly Xbox One that you um, you know you go around solving crimes and occasionally having to solve hacking related you know like weird puzzles a bit like Rubik's puzzles which are in some way related to hacking so it makes logical sense that you would extend that by controlling a, a device like a drone um I've got to say, it was quite a bland Ubisoft game. Not, I hope it's better than the last one. Obviously good enough to earn a sequel, though. And one with drones. You know, yeah. How can you go wrong? Uh, while we're on the topic of news, because I've pushed it there, uh, another piece of news that we have is that the... Uh, I just think this is the one that Ed found a while ago, is that the FAA drone regulations uh, are being brought in line... Well, they're being changed a bit, but it's going to be pretty much brought in line with the way we're doing things in the UK, which is that uh, to do commercial drone flying, you don't need a whole pilot's license, like a proper pilot's license, but you can do, you know, equivalent of a permission for aerial work um, by just proving your competence, either by doing a course or that sort of thing. Um, and Worst so, kept secret in the industry, that isn't it? The FAA were jealous of our rules. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we've had. Uh, I've I've said this before, but I think we were benefited from not having somewhere like Arizona to put all the remotely piloted vehicles when they were being tested by the military. Yeah. That we People had to, had to write, think about it early on. Um, yeah. Also, it has to be said that the, the European Association of Civilization Authorities has always been very forward-looking, um, which, of course, the CAA is a member. Yeah, exactly. and their roadmap is actually much more cargo-based, post-delivery, blah, 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 in the future. Yeah, so, so for people listening in the US, because there are a lot of people that listen to this in the US, I don't know who you are or where you are, uh, but thank you for listening. But hopefully you can get flying a bit more happily because they're going to start actually sorting your regulations out a bit more sensibly um, so yeah some good news uh, yeah. on, on, uh, on previous news I think the last time I was on I was uh, slightly ranting about the um, HD uh, FPV stuff uh, do we know anyone who's flown it yet do we have any updates is it latency free it's pretty close <laughs> 
I mean, it's milliseconds. So compared to, you know, the latency on the actual radio and flight controller and everything else, I don't think it's... Yeah, who, who was on the show? Because they were being very positive about it. Uh, I think that was Painless yeah, talking about that's... it, Painless 360. So um, I can stop stressing about it. Is that what we're saying? We are saying that, yeah. yeah. Excellent. But... <laughs> <laughs> one, also, one other... Also, listen to one the back. Other... It's on iTunes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you can catch all our old episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Mixcloud, um, more things. And all if you are things. listening on one of those and you want to join us in the chat room, you can go to PowingOn.co.uk. Yes, we record this live on PowingOn.co.uk every Thursday from 8 till 9pm UK time. So you can you know, join in the chat. I actually have to admit, I have only just remembered that we have a chat, so I haven't been checking it. So sorry, people hey, who have, have you been seen talking who's in been it. in there? One, we can say a big shout out to Bright Until I Fly. Yay! Has it tidied up? Yeah, you tidy it, Jack. <laughs> well, one last piece of news is that uh, they're starting to smash drones into simulated aircraft and testing to see what happens when they really? Yeah, Out of time. So they're simulated some... Aircraft. Well, no, they're doing simulated and air cannons to do this sort of uh, impact. Frozen and chickens! Things, and things like just a motor, because the motor love... is essentially one small clump of metal, isn't yeah. it? So if, if that did separate, what can that do? Data in the next few months, I'd say, or next month or two. That just sounds like someone is bored somewhere and went, Nothing. can we get someone uh, to pay us to, to launch projectiles at large objects and record the data? The thing is, <laughs> the thing, the thing is you need to someone to give you an $80 million jet as well. So you have to, like, you have to be bored, but very convincing. Yeah. <laughs> this is the that I need. <laughs> airliners, isn't it? And, uh, you know, big Boeing jets and Airbus and whatnot. So that's what—that's the initial testing that'll take place because military flying jets, well, yeah, they're all over Wales. <laughs> but yeah. so, so far, we've only really tried it with a plastic bag, and that doesn't tell you anything. Uh, <laughs> well, well it'd be interesting to find out what they say. Yeah. Because hopefully it's impartial research, and there's not been much research on the modern technology. We've only done frozen chickens before. So exactly. I, yeah. I've got to. I've got to ask Yuli. Um, what's what's the press like in Germany for all this? Do you get? Do you guys get as, as much of a half time as we do over here? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's not not that much press. But if there's press, it's about phantoms uh, spying out people in the garden. Oh, uh, uh, I say. Yeah, so it's always, it's always airports the, here. Yeah, it's always the bad drones that are spying, and um, yeah. So, do you then get to show people what you actually see through the goggles and go like, "Well, good luck spying with these." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's the point. Yeah. It's easy when to do that on a one-to-one me. basis. It's tricky when the newspapers come out, isn't it, to go and show everyone? Yeah, but the thing is, guys, we're not going to be able to use that excuse of you can't see much soon because that HD stuff's going to become more affordable and we'll have a crystal clear image and we'll go, yeah, great, I can see everything. <laughs> yeah, and, and at the other end of the scale, DJI are telling everyone about their follow, focus, slash, zoom lens adapters. And, you know, zoom lenses are exactly the problem, aren't they? Yeah, it's not helping much, DJI. Stop it. Stop developing stuff. Leave it where it is. <laughs> It was funny in the, the time when when there was in the press this thing with the plastic bag and the 
in the plane in London. There was a time I was at Wembley. And the story was also here in the press in Germany, you know. And everybody knew that I was in London flying my, my quad. Everybody was like, oh, did you crash into that plane? Was it that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, was this another German invasion? Was this you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Julie, yeah. Yeah, Julie FPV, she's, she's attacking airports. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so what, what are the events like in Germany? Do you have a lot of events to go to? Uh, obviously, there was the one that you left to come over to Wembley, but have you had much other opportunities? I mean, do you have lots of leagues or do you have lots of local events? Or what's, Well, what's... we have no leagues, like official leagues or something. But this year we have a lot of little races. And um, because the German... The German nationals will be quite big, and so many people are interested in competing there. We have qualifying events for this, the German nationals. Ah. Yeah. So in May we, uh, in May I was at an event, event that was qualifier for that. And next week I'm going to a race in Eastern Germany. This will also be a qualifier for for the German nationals in Bexbach. It's always called Bexbach. I don't know if you know that. Um, no. So, yes, there are a lot of, of, of race events. How do you spell Bexba? Uh, with B-E-X-B-A-C-H. Ah, there we go. I will, I will look up about that to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the organizer, uh, Rolf Wenz, is called. He's also a delegate from URSA. Ah. It's, it's like the German delegate for Ursa for yeah for managing all those things and to to get this event also to be qualified for the European Cup. Ah uh, yeah. So we'll, so send, we'll send Gary Kent over. Yeah, <laughs> please not. <laughs> He's done France. I'm sure he can just move across the border. Yeah, well in Western Park he he was quite unlucky. Yeah, in the finals he he crashed into another drone and yeah, then crashed into the ground. Was he on for beating Luke? Do you think? Yes, I think. They were beating. They were beating each other with the fastest, um, the fastest laps. That was like incredible. Also, really, like milliseconds. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, but then Luke could yeah quite. Quietly finish his, his final and Gary was out. Uh. Oh, I bet he was cursing that. I bet he did not enjoy that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, please Gary. don't send Gary Kent, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, he, he would have to, to qualify also for the German nationals. And there's no way to qualify when not racing in Germany. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask about that, you see, because it's one thing that's obvious from this year is that it's bloody impossible to get flying at all whatsoever. And um, I'm trying to encourage people that maybe we should get some cheap EasyJet flights and, and get over to somewhere in the continent um, and come flying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes, for people listening from the future, we're recording this on the 23rd of June 2016, which, which uh, is has... the day of the EU referendum in the UK. Uh, well, I only to say, um, if the pound falls, prices of parts goes up. Yeah. yeah. 
I've, I've, so I, I mentioned earlier, I've been, I've been abroad for the last three weeks, and every conversation I've had with a local, whether it's in France or Dubrovnik, has been, how are you voting? What are you voting? They're, they are, everyone I've spoken to who I've not met before over there are just petrified of us lot sticking our fingers up to Europe and leaving. They are absolutely petrified. And the worst part is that France, I met quite a few guys who are basically saying that if we leave, they're going to push, their government is going to push to leave yeah. as well. Um, and then that might spark a domino effect with, with other countries and it will be left with, I think, probably Germany um, and uh, maybe Germany and Italy sort of stood there going, what happened? Yeah, I'm quite <laughs> afraid of that because, well, we are, I think we are all were raised without borders. Yeah, exactly. And Shannon, I'm Shannon's quite afraid to, to get back to borders and border control. Brilliant news for the financial sector in France and Germany, who will just go up and invite all of the bankers who will have to leave London. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'll, uh, it might work very well for them. Anyway, yeah. if you haven't voted yeah. yet, you're in the UK and you're listening live, you've got an hour and 14 minutes to get to the polling station. Otherwise, we're not going to talk about it anymore. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was actually, I had on my list of things that would be interesting to ask you, Yuli, was... Uh, how you know how easy it is to to fly fly drones within the law because you know like we said earlier about the u.s have all their issues of you have to be registered and then to do anything else you have to have a, like a full pilot's license and it all gets very messy because they haven't thought about it we're fairly happy in that we've got all these regulations all sorted out fairly early on um that and you know we as long as we follow the rules and the rules are fairly nicely laid out then we can fly, you know, there are nice maps of where airports are and we can avoid them and it's fairly easy. Um, but from what Adam was saying, I guess it might be that uh, it's probably quite similar because of the, the common EU yeah. uh, aviation authority. <coughs> yeah, that's true. It's nearly the same. You know, we, we can fly without registration. Um, well, when we fly, we should have a spotter of course um, we should not fly higher than 100 meters or so we should not fly in nature reserves um, and we have to fly on 25 milliwatt and there we go yeah. congested areas so normally when, when I fly I fly near my village here on, on fields or something and when I go something somewhere else Normally, we always ask the owner of the property just to make sure that there won't be any problems. But we have, well, we haven't had any problems with asking the owners or something. But today, I just read an article that um, the aviation security in Germany wants to get all the drones registered. So I don't know. It was it's just an idea. And you know, an idea always lasts, uh, needs like, yeah, some years to get into the law, but um, they are also thinking about it. Mm. I don't know if that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, if you're a drone racer, then maybe it's not really a problem if you, if you register it. I don't know. If it was sensible and it was like a driver's license to show competency. Um, yeah, I think work, that, that yeah, I think that's that's not the best the, the worst idea, because um, 
Well, I don't want to speak bad about Phantom Flying, but it's like you can, if you have money, you can you can get a Phantom, and you can fly without being able to fly. And I think that's a problem because if you're living yeah. in a city and then just start to fly with your Phantom in the middle of the city and then crash into cars or houses or I don't know what, that's why people don't like drones. Exactly. So, so but you're not, I you're think not like a flying fly. license wouldn't be that bad. You are not Maybe. allowed to fly in the middle of the city in Germany either, right? Uh, I don't know, actually. <laughs> if that's public space, maybe yes. But, well, not in traffic or something, obviously. Not in a city centre yeah. or a town centre, probably. Well, if there's right. a park or something and you have a spotter. See, this is the thing, I suppose. I suppose it depends how big the park is, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> it's the classic thing. But I think, I don't know, I mean, I, I, I sort of agree that some sort of registration, so long as it is created with the right intentions, yeah. is a good idea. Yeah. I think a lot of the people in America started to get worried that there was a list which was public, so people could find out, um, you know, if you had a drone. If they didn't like drones, they could come round your house because they yeah. could find your name on the internet. Whether that's true or not is another matter, but it was certainly a concern for them. Um, and, I, you know, that's the, you know, they have to pay some money, and does it actually help? Or is it maybe just a way of... Maybe like Sorry. having a bike license. <laughs> you know, like, people that fly FPV, if they can do it well, can quite fly quite close proximity to things and safely. Yeah, yeah. so I, I guess it's it's tricky for how they would implement it, but there's the sensible ways. But the administration, how do you get tested to see if you can fly? Okay, and that's probably why they'll probably come out with a bad solution of just blanket registration. You think, well, that's stupid because you well, it's different because skill levels all the way through. When, when you're writing rules, you have to write rules for the worst person at the bottom end of the tree. You know, the the idiot who that's yeah. the person who's trying to control, not the sensible person. The sensible person, rules or not, was not going to fly their drone over the middle of the town square or smash it into Big Ben or anything like that. It was always <laughs> going to be the yeah. person who you need to create rules for. The problem that's is it. whether the rules also affect those of us who think it through. Yeah, what's the problem with every law? It's like yeah, exactly, exactly. It's not the just good right. people has to have to suffer from. From the stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> That's history. Yeah. That's true. Maybe we need to get more more decision makers and politicians into flight. You don't have me that to tell me that I'm German. <laughs> I have to That's suffer a, from silly people. It's yeah. a genuinely interesting thought. Um, you know, trying to engage our local MPs into the. Yeah. Because it, I mean, it has community. It, has, well, mostly a safe track record um, when done properly and sensibly. Right. We, we saw in the mini-air show our, our local mayor of, uh, yeah. of Brighton. She was, uh, she, was, she was putting a good public face and, a, and supported the, the world of drones, as it was. Yeah. And it's not a short... It's not a long step, is it, from someone like her who is effectively powerless <coughs> to no, someone but... like your local MP? The difference between a mayor and an MP, or some MPs anyway, uh, particularly on the blue side of the bench, is the uh, the level of, or the capacity for being a psychopath, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, mayors tend to be genuinely community-minded, community-spirited, and, and, and generally want what's best for their town or city, 
uh, excluding London. Um, and uh, MPs tend to, well, some MPs anyway, tend to want to just uh, get one over the next person. Um, so I, I, I'm not convinced that getting M an MP involved whatsoever is a good idea because it's if they've got a psychopathic tendency, they will learn. About it, it was a bit more tongue in cheek, but yeah, more engagement with. No, I don't like that. <laughs> engage with the ones who aren't crackpots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because history says we're good at choosing MPs that aren't crackpots, right? Have you wanted to yeah, run for Parliament? This is, <laughs> well, while, you were, while you were going off on a tangent of, of deep and philosophical politics i was looking up through the chat and uh, chris h uh asks uh yuli how are you finding the grapner gr18 which i believe is a uh i think it's, it's even a flight german controller, made. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a oh, is it a flight, flight control. controller or is it the transmitter no it's a flight controller and oh. um well obviously there's a transmitter that works with it perfectly yeah, because um, I only know of Groutner as as the transmitter and receiver people, but I didn't realise they'd done a flight controller as well. That's yeah, it's uh, all in one thing. Ah, so it's a receiver yeah. and a flight and controller. a flight controller. Yeah, so, so it's run. it's quite cool to to build because you you don't need that much not that much space. Um, well, I I have one in my quad. And it flies well, it's good, and I think it's good for racing, but on my max quad, I will use a FC running beta flight. Because um, I think the GR18 is not the best for doing freestyle, because you can't, yeah, well, I didn't manage to, to have perfect pits on it without having any wobble or something. Um, I think that's better with beta flight or kiss or something yeah i was going to ask you what your fellow countrymen have produced a very fine flight control are you not tempted to to go full german engineering on your next squad what do you mean uh fly duino is german ah yeah yeah true yeah yeah but in germany they are always um sold out <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, there's nothing in stock because all the water riot guys yeah, bought everything <laughs> yeah. boy kappa release yeah. them the they have like <laughs> two thousand Kisev season stock in their shop. I, I was really tempted. I was really tempted to put a cheeky comment on Facebook when that came through, and you know, you bloody thieves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my boyfriend is using them. Yeah. Okay. And he's very, very happy with it. But yeah, I will try beta flight because I have a flight controller designed um, one of my teammates from the X Blade, and I wanted uh, to test it. What was it? A prototype. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Are you not allowed to talk it. about it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's from it's from Marset, from from a guy from Poland. Um, yeah. So let's see how it is. But it runs with Beta Flight, so. Oh, beta Flight, yeah. as Tony points out in the chat, they have released a specific Beta Flight configurator, so that I don't think there's massive difference with the beta flight configurator over the clean flight configurator apart from there's a few commands that you have to do in the clean flight uh, command line interface but with the beta flight configurator you can configure them with a graphical user interface so you've just got the buttons and drop downs and all all that nice stuff to bring it out and make it obvious what it's doing um, 
Has anyone used it? I've only just downloaded it, to be honest. Oh, I uh, so I have used it. No, no. I, I, I've, I'm full kiss now. I haven't touched Beta Flight in ages. And the other thing, <laughs> when it's flying well, I don't often have to go into it. But yeah. that's true. But yeah, uh, is there any fancy special features on on this flight controller that you can talk about yearly, or is it all? Hush, hush, and kept quiet and until it's released. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just a normal flight controller and has an OSD. Well, if it's got an OSD built into it, that's something. Yeah. So it's going to be a competitor to the the Brain, which has its OSD built into it. Yeah. So, there we go. That's quite yeah. big. But I still don't know much about it. I'm just building the quad and then testing it. And yeah. I will tell you guys on Facebook. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, but some of my teammates are flying it already. Somewhere. Yeah, were they racing yeah. it over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. I think Mac, Mac Poshwart also has it. Yeah. There we go. Does it have a name, the flight controller? Or is I don't it, know, actually. It's just Mark 1. It's just flight controller, Martin's okay. flight controller. There we go, Martin's flight <laughs> controller. It's got a name now. Yeah. We'll yeah. all know it as that forevermore. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just in our last minute before we go offline and let uh, Hannah, the 3D printing lady, come online and do her show Amusings, all about 3D printing and all that kind of stuff, um, I will just say... But, yep, if you're listening in the podcast, then you can obviously like us on Facebook and keep up to date on what's going on. Keep an eye on there because we will, we definitely will get around to giving away the Rotor Riot stuff. Because we will, but we just <laughs> haven't worked it out yet. Um, also, any of the stuff that Jack flying finds in his flat? Any of the stuff that Jack what? Finds in his flat wants to give away. Oh, yeah, of course. It'll be a massive <laughs> giveaway. It has to be, in order for Jack to have space for building more quads and right. tries, hopefully. Um, but yeah, so like us on Facebook, follow us, keep subscribing to podcasts and just generally keep in contact. If you've got any uh, anything that you think we should be talking about, let us know. Uh, if there's any people that you think we should speak to, yeah, Yuli has been fantastic in coming on this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, oh, yeah. We should mention there is a drone day um, AM Bristol this weekend. Just Google it to find out more. AMARC2002.co.uk. Chris H is in the chat and he doesn't want to go alone. Martin Price will hopefully be there as well to keep him company. But anyone else in the UK, who's this thing? Don't, don't mention politics, Jim. No, because he gets very upset. But yeah, we will stop and let uh, Hannah come online. So thank you for joining us on Let's Drone Out. Bye. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thanks, Billy. Telemetry lost.